So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations, and this the 10th of October. It's the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time. My name is John Keeley, and help me to present our podcast again today, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Hi, John. How are we doing this today? Good. Thanks a lot, Shane, for joining me. I know you'll join me in welcoming our listeners who are housebound who listen to us, uh, who are lonely and struggling in some way, and listeners who support us each week. Um, our program does go out on our podcast platform, which is come and see inspirations at Um On the program, of course, people will be aware at this stage. We chat about faith topics, inspirational music, reflecting on the Sunday gospel. Um, we can also be heard on Spotify, iTunes and Facebook at come and see inspirations. Now, just to just remind listeners again, Come and See Inspirations, it's a podcast uh, platform that we set up there a number of years ago. Prior to that, we were on our blog, Sacred Space, 102.blogspot.com. But for the, uh, since 2009, 2010, we've had all of our programs um, available for our listeners to listen back on. And uh, interestingly enough, this week, I just took a, a sample of seven days download, just, just to get a flavor as to what sort of um, programs would be downloaded. And interestingly enough, uh, the earliest one that was downloaded last week was our program on the apparition of Knock, and that was going back to May the 30th, 2010. Some of our listeners, our regular listeners, might remember us having a chat with Focaloria, the Focaloria families, and that was 7th of July, 2013. Um, Celebrating Creation was a, was a very popular one in more recent times. We had that, of course, just a few weeks ago. Um, the Vocation Stories... We've had Father John O'Shea, the 28th of March, 2010. Also Father Chris O'Donnell, the 26th of April, 2012. Why I'm saying this is that there's a variety of topics and uh, guests that we've had on the programme over the last number of years. So, I'd, again, if people have time just to browse through, come and see inspiration.buzzbeb.com. There might be something there that might be of interest to you. Uh, if there is something that you have a problem in downloading, uh, please give us a give us a contact. Uh, you can do that by email. Come and see inspirations. That's come and see inspirations, all one word, at gmail dot com, or contact us by text. It's zero zero three five three eight seven six zero eight eight six six seven. In Ireland, of course, it's zero eight seven six zero eight eight six six seven. At this part of the programme, and as all programmes, we have Shane, who introduces us to Saints for the Week. This week is going to be no different. Shane, what have you got for us this week, please? Thanks, John. So, as John said, top of the programme, uh, today is the 28th Sunday of the podcast. Today is the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time. For those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week four. Now, liturgically this week, a couple of interesting ones, I suppose, sitting on the calendar. Uh, Monday the 11th is the Feast of St. John the 23rd, so good Pope St. John, so obviously most famously known for convoking or convening even the uh, Second Vatican Council in the 11th of October 1962, and he died in 1963 of cancer. Um, he's an Italian, obviously he was an Italian Pope, uh, Diocese of Bergamo, and he was born in 1881. He worked as a military chaplain in World War I, and later he was the apostolic delegate, or what we would now call the apostolic nuncio, to Bulgaria, and then later in Turkey and Greece. He was the nuncio in Paris, and while he was there, he was created a cardinal, 
and the Patriarch of Venice and, in, and was appointed the Patriarch of Venice, which is the, the Archbishop of Venice in 1953. And he was elected Pope in 1958, very much seen as a man that would be a safe pair of hands. And he turned around and surprised the world by convening the Second Vatican Council. So that's good Pope St. John uh, on, the, on the 11th. The 12th of October, John, I am going to one of our new blesseds that is on the calendar. And that is Blessed Carlo Acutis. Now, we've spoke about this young man before. He's a teenager. He's from the Archdiocese of Milan in Italy. And he was, he, he became known because he created a series of websites devoted to church-related supernatural events. And in particular, Eucharistic uh, miracles. So he did apparitions of angels and demons, Eucharistic miracles, and Marian apparitions. Uh, he was a regular teenage boy, like comics, comics even, computer programming, video games, and so on and so forth. And however, he died in 2006 of leukemia. And uh, I think he was 15 when he died. And he is—he was uh, beatified last year, that uh, in October 2020, by Pope Francis. And he, at the time, people might remember we were discussing it when he was being beatified. His remains were put up for veneration of the faithful in the Basilica of St. Francis of Assisi in Italy. Um, and the, uh, it's interesting, his beatification miracle involved the healing of a child in Brazil who was healed of a pancreatic disorder. So that's Carlo. So just, and it's interesting, I saw the other day where there is, a, I think there's a school in the US which is going to be dedicated to him. So that's Blessed Carlo Acutis. He's an interesting guy, interesting story, and a young saint. So people maybe might want to share with the, the grandkids uh, or the sons, your, your, your children, just an interesting one. So then on Wednesday, the 13th of October, we have the feast day. It's a big feast day, of course. It's Our Lady of Fatima. So our, our Lady of the Rosary, as she called herself when Lucia asked her name. So Lucia and, of course, her sisters, her brother, her cousins, Francesco and Jacinta, the seers of Fatima. So um, Our Lady our lady appeared to the three seers from May to October 1917 at Fatima in Portugal. Now, Francesco and Jacinta have already been raised to the altars. And they described her as a woman all in white, more brilliant than the sun. And her message was to do reparation for sins that offend God and to pray constantly for the conversion of sinners. And in particular, she asked for devotion to the Holy Trinity and for praying the rosary daily for world peace. And the final apparition was on the 13th of October, 1917. 70,000 people turned up to witness uh, the, the witness the event and it is famous of course because it is the miracle of the sun is associated with that particular day where the sun was supposed to have zigzagged around the sky um, 70,000 people saw it in Fatima even the Pope at the time was supposed to have seen it in the garden in the Vatican we're not sure about that but that's said to have occurred as well so that's Our Lady of Fatima whose feast day we celebrate on the 13th of October Just to, just to remind listeners again we, we had a wonderful um, interview uh, with uh, Michael Keaton, our own Michael Keaton, back in, in the, actually the 9th of May 2010. That's that for some reason that's been downloaded in more recent times from our commentary inspirations.buzzspread.com. So again, if you want to get some good insights into certainly Michael's idea, and he's he's certainly a big fan of Our Lady, uh, the apparitions of Father by the 9th of May 2010. You can get it on commentaryinspirations.buzzspread.com. So then uh, the 14th of October is the feast day of St. Callistus. Now, Callistus is one of the early popes of the church. After a life of slavery and imprisonment for criminal offences, which he was supposedly not guilty of, 
Uh, he was freed and he became a deacon in charge of the catacombs in Rome that bear his name. So if you go to visit the catacombs in Rome, chances are the two major catacombs that you will visit are either those of St. Sebastian or those of St. Callistus. Uh, he became Pope in 217. He was opposed and um, he died at the hands of a mob in 222 AD. And uh, it's an interesting one. He, is, um, he was mar martyred in the persecutions of Alexander Severus. Uh, and martyred in 222 or 223. Um, the legend says that he was killed by being thrown down a well with a millstone around his neck, but there is no solid evidence for that. So the 15th of October is one of the heavy ones, I suppose we could call it, John. It's the feast day of St. Teresa of Avila, uh, virgin and doctor of the church. Teresa, of course, very much associated with the reform of the Carmelite order. She was born to Spanish nobility at Avila. She grew up reading the lives of the saint and playing at hermit. Uh, she was, um, her mother died when she was 12. And eventually then she entered religious life. Uh, and she, went to, she tried to enter without telling anyone at the age of 17. And eventually her family and her parents, or her father rather, agreed to it. Um, she, it and very much uh, she's, she considered the original house too lax in the rules, so she founded a reform convent and uh, then various houses uh, for the reform of the Carmelites across Spain and it spread around the world. Now, it's an interesting one. Uh, she's an interesting woman and, of course, a, a great mystical writer, and she's known as a doctor of the church because of her writings. She's a patron saint against the death of parents, lace makers, people ridiculed for their piety. And, and obviously, of course, the area of Avila in Spain. Uh, her relics are preserved at Alba and, and um, very much, of course, uh, her, her body is said to be incorrupt as well. So she's one of our incorrupts in the church. That's Teresa of Avila. I, definitely, I would say to people, you should look to her writings and, and the life, or, or any reading any of her life. So the, her most famous one, of course, is the interior castle. Um, now, they're heavy enough. I would say to people, they're heavy enough going, you know, might be something you take the light version for before you get dug into it. The Way of Perfection is another one. Um, the Life of St. Teresa of Jesus, which was her biography. Uh, and then, of course, there are her letters as well. So very much there. There's something to be looked at. Then finally, John, on the 16th, on Saturday the 16th, we have the there's a couple of feast days on this day. Now, this one always stands out for me because it's the Feast of St. Hedwig. And obviously, being a um, Harry Potter fan, I have particular associations with the name of Hedwig. But anyway, St. Hedwig died in 1243. She was the wife of the Duke of Silesia, mother of seven children, and she devoted herself to charitable works. Also, we celebrate the feast day of St. Margaret Mary Alec. Quirke, I think is how you pronounce her name. She died in 1690. And why she is of particular note is because she is the seer of the Sacred Heart. So she is the woman that received the, 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 the words, the, the teachings around the Sacred Heart of Jesus and very much was involved in trying to spread its devotion. On the Irish calendar, we have the feast day of St. Gaul on, the, uh, on that date, on the 16th of October. The Gaul is very much associated, actually, with uh, he was a monk of Bangor, was worked, was travelled with Columbanus when he went to the continent. When Columbanus was exiled from France, Gaul accompanied him to Bringes, Bringens on Lake Constance, 
And Gaul remained in Switzerland, where he lived in a hermitage, which later became the monastery of St. Gallum in Switzerland, his famous monastery, right down to the present day. And he died around 630 AD. Now, one of the interesting things about the library of Gallen, St. Gallen's, the monastery of St. Gallen's, is the fact that it contains some of the oldest written uh, examples of written Irish, uh, which are spread across monastic monasteries on the continent because that's where they were taken during the years of persecution. So anyway, that's what we have, St. Gaul, and his feast day is the 16th of October. Thank you very much, Dave, for that. So now it's, it's time for us to go to our, our, our prayer space. And today for our prayer space, we're going to take a prayer which is entitled, or could be entitled, Martyr's Nun's Last Prayer Before Being Killed. In early March 2016, a terrorist attack at a convent and nursing home in Yemen left 16 dead. Four of the victims were sisters of the Missionary of Charity, the community founded by Mother Teresa. This was the last prayer they said. Lord, teach me to be generous. Teach me to serve you as you deserve. To give and not to count the cost. To fight and not to heed the wounds. To to toil and not to seek for rest. To labour and not to ask for reward. To help us with our reflection on that, we can now listen to John Michael Talbot as he sings for us the Peace Prayer. Come back and join us again in part two. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Understood. 
understand and not so much to be loved as to love another for it is in giving that we now receive it is in pardoning that we are now And welcome back to part two of Come and See Inspirations here. My name is Shane Ambrose. Delighted to welcome you back to this week's podcast. And we are delighted to have two visitors rejoining us on the program this morning. Well, one's rejoining and one's relatively new to the program. We've been trying to round him up for about 12 months, but, you know, COVID and all the rest of it has made things a little interesting. Good morning, Rosa Connor. Good morning, Michael Kelly. How are you keeping? Morning, Shane. Morning, Shane. Right. Morning, so, so, so. So Rose and Michael are both working out of the Pastoral Centre in St. Munchens College in Limerick. And we are delighted to have them on the program or the podcast with us this morning because we just wanted to bring to people's attention the pastoral outreach programs which are being run by the diocese for autumn 2021. So obviously the joys of life with COVID, things are, you know, a bit uh, experimental in some regards, I would say, Rose. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, I think we're, we're feeling our way in terms of what format events can take and programs can take. So we're, we're kind of starting online and hopefully we can migrate to in-person um, sessions as, as time goes on. Now, just looking at the different types of programs that are on over the next couple of weeks, Rose, I suppose the first thing would be target audiences. Who's it aimed at? What, what's, what are we, what are we who, what, who is it aimed for? What's the general? Or would you prefer to discuss that as we go through each one that's on? Well, I suppose just to say initially that, you know, there's, I suppose there's two major focuses in, in the programs that we're offering and we're kind of hoping there's something for everybody in this. So the first would be people who want to get involved in ministry. We have a few training programs specifically targeted at different ministry areas and myself and Michael will talk to you very briefly through those. And then I suppose the other major one is for people who are looking to um, nourish themselves and build their faith. So there's some scripture based programs and some, you know, faith conversation based programs that, that give people a chance, I suppose, to, to sort of get into discussion with others and, and kind of, I suppose, grow in faith, really. I think they, but I would say nourishment and, and growth and faith would be the main focus of those ones. 
Okay, so I suppose why don't we start with the ministry ones? Um, so, Michael, why don't you let us know what's being run and who it's been targeted at and what kind of options are there for people? Yeah, one of the ministry uh, programs we have, Martin Kennedy is a facilitator from, uh, he's well known throughout Ireland in pastoral development, coming in on Zoom. So, we have a sacramental preparation in terms of the sacrament of confirmation. Uh, this will start on um, 14th, on every Thursday on the 14th of October, and Martin will deliver it on Zoom. So if people want to be part of it, especially parents whose children this year might be uh, coming up for the Sacrament of Confirmation, uh, this could be of interest to them. Uh, and it's on Zoom, so they will just come in online on it. And Martin Kennedy will be the facilitator, we'll host it um, in terms of the IT. and. Um, it's there, it's on the website in terms of the dates, but it's on Thursday evenings from 7.30 to 9pm on Zoom. And just, just, to, just to say actually, uh, Mart, uh, Michael, sorry, um, just in terms of if, if people want to register for any of these courses, just is it a general kind of contact the pastoral, the pastoral centre or what way is that working or is it specific to each course? There's one central registration, um, Shane, which is actually, it's on, if you go on the website, you'll see the poster and the, the link will be on there to go in. So you can go in and register for any or all of the programs that you're interested in on the one registration link. So hopefully that makes it a bit easier for people. Okay, very good. Sorry, uh, Michael. So we, we were talking about sacramental preparation, of course, which was with Martin Kennedy and listeners to the podcast, of course, will know Martin. We've had him on before. Uh, great man. Um, mm -hmm. I'll be interested to see if you can keep it to two hours. <laughs> <laughs> An hour and a half, actually, on the on the system. On the Zoom, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, this is the other major kind of outreach area for people looking at ministry, but the whole area around funeral stroke bereavement ministry. Um, so we have a four-night program in this area as well. Um, so the, the first night would be Bruce Pierce, who's a um, a uh, Church of Ireland minister, um, and he also works very much in the whole area of grief and loss. So he'll be doing the first night. And then as we move through it, um, we will have um, a priest from Dice Kilu who's going to talk through the whole liturgies, all the various liturgies in a funeral. And then there will be um, sort of another night on kind of rituals that allow for a greater involvement of lay people um, as, as you go accompany people through their, their funeral and their bereavement. Um, and then also we'd have a night on resources for November with the hope that people would actually run specific liturgies in their own parish then as a result of that. So that could, be, that could be a very popular one that people might be interested in because I do know a lot of parishes are looking for ideas and pastoral councils are looking for ideas, particularly around November. And yeah. obviously, of course, given the whole experience of the last year and a half, it'd probably be an area where parishes might be looking for ideas or ways to, to engage with the topic in particular. Yeah, um, exactly. And just in terms of that particular one, Rose, is you don't, you don't have to have done any previous uh, of the no. bereavement group training with the diocese. No, no. It's, a, it's a foundation kind of um, course. So you can come in, you know, just if you if it's an area you'd like to mm. maybe play a greater role in your parish, you'd be very welcome to come. So those will be on the Tuesday night, starting on the 12th of October. And running right through until the 2nd of November and again it's 7.30 to 9pm. The first two sessions we're going to run on Zoom. We're hoping we can bring people together after that but it really will depend on the guidelines in terms of how that will happen. 
Okay, very good. And in terms of if physically we'd be looking at a Limerick location or which way yeah. that work? Yeah, It'd okay. Be the diocesan centre most likely. Yeah. Okay. Well, fingers crossed, it all happens if if the look mm-hmm. if the restrictions are lifted. Very good. Uh, just um just just for both of you, uh, just in relation to anything that's run on Zoom or run online, if people have difficulty accessing, is any of it being recorded, or are we restricted by GDPR? We are likely to be restricted. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's once you have a big group of people like that, it's very difficult to, to you know, you need everybody's permission because we want to make them, there won't be webinars, there'll be actually gatherings, so people, everyone will be visible, so it's unlikely that we'll be recording. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. So that was, okay, so we've done, that was the funeral bereavement ministry that's starting on the 12th. The next one then in terms of ministries? Okay, well, I suppose they're the major ministry areas. I mean, I suppose maybe just to, to mention, we were going to come back to it at the end, but um, as you know, we've been running this lay pastor ministry program over the last um, year and a half, let's say, with people that are kind of into the second semester of their certificate at the moment. So we're actually beginning um, the outreach to engage people for the second round of that. So we'll be running three information evenings throughout the month of November. Um, first one will be on Monday the 15th of November in Rathkeel House Hotel, Tuesday the 16th in the Diocesan Centre in Limerick, and then we'll run one on Zoom on t- Thursday the 18th. And that's for anybody in parishes that would like to get more involved in ministry and would like to kind of go through a discernment and a, a training process. It's a much more involved training than obviously any of the short programs, but we'd welcome you to come along and, you know, hear what it's all about. Obviously, we've a lot more experience now because we've been working with a group, but that, that will be opening up again. Sure. And maybe, Rose, we might uh, we might touch base with you again, maybe with someone that's already completed the course and have them on yeah. maybe to talk on the mm-hmm. program, on the podcast. It would be yeah. a good way just to explain to, to explain what's yeah. involved. And we'd be delighted to have them on that's as well. That's a good idea. So that's in November. So maybe we could come back yeah. and talk to you then. Yeah. Perfect. perfect. No ground. OK, mm-hmm. so that's the lay pastoral ministry. Next mm-hmm. one. Uh, so I suppose the next one then is we're kind of moving into, um, I suppose, for people with a few um, programs that kind of focus on scripture and I suppose mm-hmm. increasing our understanding and our appreciation of it. So we have Sister Trace Fitzgerald's doing a, um, a series of sessions um, on the Acts of the Apostles, which will begin on Tuesday the 9th of um, November and run right through until the 14th of December. So these will be on Tuesday nights again. Um, and really it's, I suppose, uh, trying to hear the stories from the Acts of the Apostles and I suppose get a greater understanding and, you know, sort of, um, I suppose, to draw lessons from it as to what we would learn from that, you know, in today's world, you know, and what message it gives to us. And then, Michael, you were going to talk about Sean's program. Yeah, in, in, just in relation to the lay pastoral ministry program there, Shane, um, a number of the students that are now are going to lead in some of the programs on this autumn, which is great. It's part of their placement uh, experience as well. So Miriam, uh, one of our students, Miriam Dawson O'Halloran, will lead a Songs for Worship in Donoghmore Church, and it's all open to all and learning new psalms for the season and all the whole area of music and praying through music. It'll be held on Tuesdays, um, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m., one hour, and uh, you can register them online. Uh, as well as that, Sean, one of our other students, Sean O'Mokon, is doing, he's just begun it this week, last week, sorry, uh, 10 weekly sessions in Ballina Hill Parish on uh, how, how to know the Bible better. So it's uh, navigating the Bible timeline and kind of contextualizing and situating the Bible stories that we know so well, we're all very familiar with inside the Bible timeline. So 
they're going to be running and have started on Monday evenings in, in that church at 7.30 p.m. And one more uh, has just finished, uh, Mary Ryan, off our, uh, one of our students of the group, along with Father John Daly and Brough. They had a uh, celebrating creation, a uh, couple of uh, sessions, Thanksgiving masses and a blessing of the pets for the just gone through there, the Feast of St. Francis uh, in Brough Church. Uh, Mary is a student on the course, and that was in line with the Laudato Si and the whole area of uh, caring for the common home encyclical from the folks. So that's just three of the students there, and there's more in a minute, but they, they are leading on programs, which is really good, and part of their experience on this course that Mary I is overseeing. Very good, very good. And very strong emphasis, of course, on scripture and, and getting familiar with scripture, of course, which is something we yes. uh, we often encourage here on the program as well with our own Lexio Divina session. Uh, just to say, of course, Father Sister Therese Fitzgerald, John, if I'm mistaken, we had her on the podcast a couple of weeks back. She did, and she presented a, a, a beautiful uh, series of talks there last year, and I'd, I'd encourage anyone who gets a chance at all, contact the Pastor Centre there in Limerick and get booked in for, I think it's the 9th of the 9th of November, guys, is that right? Um, yes, the 9th of November, they'll start on Tuesday. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great richness to how Therese presents. Okay. He opens mm. it up. But uh, yeah, but also also the one that caught my eye was that calling singers and musicians. Definitely, it's something I think a lot of um, a lot of people, a lot of parishes will want to get back started up if possible as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. Of course, subject to restrictions is choirs and musicians. And of course, it's always good to get new material and to get back into the swing of things as well. Particularly, yeah. of course, as we're heading into the start of a new liturgical year in November uh, with the beginning of Advent. So the uh, the next one then that caught my eye, folks, I don't know which of you wants to take it, is the the Alpha program and the prayer program. So mm-hmm. one's with Father Chris and the other is with uh, Sharon Colopy. Now, the Alpha program, we had our own program with Father Chris a couple of weeks ago just in relation to that, our mm-hmm. own podcast. So, uh, so, so Chris was telling us about it. And that is ongoing at the moment, yes? Yes, they just started there last Thursday, actually. So it started on the 30th and it runs through until um, the 2nd of December. So this one is on Zoom. It's from 7.30 to about 8.45. And um, I suppose really, I mean, I was involved in pilot myself. Michael both involved in pilot of it there um, earlier in the year. And I suppose it's a great um, program. You know, it's, it's first of all, it's online, which makes it very convenient for people to connect into. Um, this particular program, I have to say, is full, but we will be running others so people can, you know, register an interest for that. But it's, I suppose it's about, you know, you're shown a video and then you enter into these conversations and it, it really tries to take up the big kind of faith questions and life questions. And I suppose for me, what's really important is that interweaving of faith and life together, you know, so that you, you actually start to make good sense of it. So it's a very interesting program and it kind of gets to the core of what is at the core of our Christian faith, um, which is, is very important. And then the prayer program, again, unfortunately, it's full. This particular version, um, Sharon's been very uh, successful. Sharon is on our lay pastor ministry program, but she's also somebody who's been involved in ministry for a long time. She's offering creative ways to pray either as an individual or as a community. So each of her five sessions um, will have a different theme. So, for example, she will um, do one around contemplative, contemplative prayer. She'll do a night on meditation. She'll do a night on godly play. Uh, but I suppose it's just really for maybe people to realize that there are more than one ways of praying. You know, there's different ways of uh, mm. connecting with your faith. And that. So I think that would yeah. be a useful program. And again, I suppose this is something we'll be running again. Um, because of the, the restrictions that we had to limit the numbers on, on some of these. Um, uh, courses. They, you need to have a right yeah. number to make it work kind of thing. Yeah, and it's interesting, definitely for something like that, particularly for Sharon's program, um, it's very much, of course, about just 
creating awareness about ways of engaging with prayer because I suppose for for many people um, and it, it's it's increasing our knowledge our, our awareness our understanding of it that you know dialogue and prayer is very much dependent on the person and while mm-hmm. we can have you know we have our public liturgies that's our masses or our lay liturgies for individuals it's a conversation heart to heart and obviously that's going to vary from person to person so to explore ways of how mm-hmm. to do that and engage with that is always very important for people and definitely I would say to people to check it out and to um to 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 see and and what we'll do as well Rose just uh, and Michael just uh, when the current season current um run of programs is over if programs are going to be rerun if you can let us know and we'll let people know as well so which ones have we left then folks well we have one more uh one of the students Pauline Marr is running a money matters uh four session program Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a practical one and for parish participants, people in the parishes to uh, look at practical ways of tips of managing the personal finances and savings and all that. And um, all right, Sorry, Michael, just to clarify, is it for people working on parish finance committees or is it for individuals? It's for individuals. Uh, for in- individuals, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and it, it's been run in the Millennium Centre in Raheen and everybody's welcome to go to that on Thursdays uh in november thursday the fourth finishing on the 25th so pauline is also on the Le pastoral ministry program and this is part of her placement uh, work as well okay very good then the one just that just caught my eye there it's but it's obviously to be confirmed is uh the the advent ones yeah um nessa breen we have to confirm those dates and times Advent exploration nessa's coming from the course as well she has three sessions planned exploring as the question of what the practical difference has of the coming of Christ. What practical difference has that made for humanity leading in on the season of Advent? Um, we just have to nail down the t- times and the dates for them. Uh, so for people who are interested in that, in uh, the conversation and the discussion on that theme, that could be one of interest to them with Nessa on Advent exploration. Grand. There's a lot of a lot of food for thought, a lot of places covered on that. Um, as you said, folks, at the start, so predominantly focused to two particular areas, which is either ministry, which of course is predominantly focused on the confirmation, sacramental preparation, and particularly that's aimed at the parents of confirmation children, and then the bereavement or the funeral support ministry ones as well. And then mm-hmm. the others are very much, as you said, I like that way you put it, um, Rose, nourishment, personal nourishment and growth. I, I liked it that way. Very much strong focus on scripture. This autumn which is good and obviously of course then linking in with the um the the the, the alpha program the prayer prep program and uh the the lay pastoral ministry formation awareness nights as well in november mm-hmm. and we will come back to those so for listeners we will come back to that so keep an eye on the podcast um we will come back to that again at some stage just to so that we, we can we can people understand what's involved with it um, because obviously it is one of the key um, areas that the diocese is promoting in terms of building up resource people and resources within the diocese, uh, particularly given our changing pastoral landscape across the county. Mm-hmm. So I think folks is, I think that's, is, is that one other one, maybe just to mention, and now we don't have a date on this yet, but it's yeah. the, um, the whole thing around um, like as we spoke the last time we were on myself and Betty, we talked about Laudato C and just our kind of drive to really, you know, get involved in that 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 whole area as a diocese and working with the Speech and Cosmology Group. But one of the things we are planning to do is to hold um, a cosmic walk 
out in Cabra Wetlands. Uh, Michael Long is a person who, who leads that, but they have a, a whole kind of creation story walk set up there with you know all the different kind of um, sculptures that basically you walk and and hear the story of creation. You know the, the whole big universe story. So I think that could be a very interesting one for people who would like to get out and about in the fresh air and actually you know. I suppose be kind of have their minds open by that whole that whole creation story, and so it'll be linked to the the Laudato Si movement, um, and it's something that that we're developing. And as we mentioned the last time, we have our interdiocesan group now that are working together to sort of um, further, I suppose, our awareness first of all and our knowledge, but mm. then motivate people to see like what what part can they play in in sort of you know looking after our planet. Very good. And as 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 Michael and Rose said at the top, so the information is available on the Diocesan website. So that's limerickdiocese.org. Keep an eye also on the Facebook page for the diocese as well as these things will be posted up there also as well. And obviously, given that some of the courses will be rerun, um, if once we know, we, we'll mention on the podcast as well, but just to keep an eye on the page. Now, Rose, I suppose one of the questions that would be, obviously, um, for people where there's a digital divide, so to speak, obviously, a lot of the courses at the moment are online because of the restrictions, but the hope would be that maybe we will be able to start doing more in-person courses once the restrictions lift. Yeah, certainly in November, we are hoping that all of the nights that are in November can be run. Apart from Alpha, I think that lends itself because it's a, people are coming from all over the diocese. So, um, But for everything else, the, the hope is that we would move into, um, into face-to-face gatherings again. That would be great if we could, of course, look forward to it. And of course, as we always say from West Limerick, we remind the diocese it doesn't stop at Punch's Cross. We do have... we. <laughs> We do have facilities out this way as well. <laughs> Very good. Okay, Michael and Rose, listen, we're delighted to have that you were on with us this morning just to take us through those pastoral programs. And as we said, information is available on the Diocese of Limerick website. Keep an eye out as well. I know parishes are starting to reissue their um, newsletters. That, that That's starting again now that we're back into the autumn and things are starting to open up a bit. And as well as that, there are a number of parishes that are on Facebook and also have new internet sites as well or websites to keep an eye out for uh, obviously we'll do our bit are here on the podcast to keep you informed if there's any changes or updates particularly for those courses that were full which was the alpha course and the prayer program so once we hear from rose if they're being rerun again we will draw that to your attention john you're looking if you wanted to come in there um there's a piece of music that we asked rose maybe to choose rose yeah just yeah, no, the program the- the, the piece that I chose is Servant Song, and I suppose it's, to me, when you listen to the lyrics of it, it, it's really all about, you know, supporting each other and walking each other in our journey. And I suppose a lot of these programs are really focused on that, both the ministry ones and the ones around, you know, people exploring their own faith and, and uh, the, where they find meaning in life. So I just thought it was kind of an apt one to finish on. Thanks, John. Good choice. Thanks a lot for that, Rose. And, and look forward to chatting to you again, maybe before Christmas, guys. We'll see how things yeah. happen. Yeah, Scott, yeah. Thanks very much yeah. to both of you. Thanks for coming okay. on. Bye bye now.
So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane. And this part of the program is where we read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. Before that, Shane shares a prayer with us before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So the Gospel for today, which is, as we said at the start of the program, the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time, is taken from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus was setting out on a journey when a man ran up, knelt before him, and put this question to him. Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You must not kill. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not bring false witness. You must not defraud. Honour your father and mother. And he said to him, Master, I have kept all these from my earliest days. Jesus looked steadily at him and loved him. And he said, There is one thing you lack. Go and sell everything you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But his face fell at these words, and he went away sad, for he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked round and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded at these words. But Jesus insisted, My children, he said to them, How hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. They were more astonished than ever. In that case, they said to one another, Who can be saved? Jesus gazed at them. For men, he said, it's impossible, but not for God. Because everything is possible for God. Peter took this up. What about us, he said, he asked him. We have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, I tell you solemnly, there is no one who has left house, brother, sisters, father and children, all land for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, who will not be repaid a hundred times over. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and land, not without persecutions now in this present time and in the world to come, eternal life. So that's the Gospel for this week, Shane. Uh, you might have some thoughts you might want to share with us, please. Yeah, so it's um, it's an interesting enough Gospel, I suppose, and it's one which can be challenging for us particularly. Um, it can challenge our complacency, I think is the easiest way to describe it. Um, this account from Mark is... Um, it's an it's an interesting one. I suppose you could look at it and kind of go, you know, this the young man, this young rich man that came to Jesus and he, he kind of went away sad after the whole discourse and dialogue and people say, oh, well, woe is him. But I suppose the point is, if you put yourself in the young man's shoes, what would your reaction be? 
you know, um, in terms of, particularly for those of us who, you know, would say, well, we're, we're, we're good Christians, for example, and, you know, we, we do what we have to do and, and all the rest of it. But then when Jesus would call, but we're looking at what Jesus said in terms of that ultimate next step, which is give up everything for the sake of the kingdom. I suppose it would be a question of asking, you know, um, would, we, would we be able to do it? Now, it's interesting when Jesus is in the conversation with the young, the rich, young, young rich man, you know, the whole thing is about he, 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 he affirms the Old Testament teachings, you know, you must not kill, commit adultery, steal, bear for witness, all of that, you know, uh, which just echoes the point that's made in, one of the, in the Gospels where Jesus says he comes to fulfill the scripture, not to, you know, not to do away with it. Um, and then I suppose it's that whole thing that I suppose we're being asked to to engage with with it in a new way, in a more profound way. You know, the line one of the lines that struck me was Jesus looked steadily at him and loved him. And it's an interesting one that, you know, it's this it's this sense of Jesus looking at him and seeing him into his heart, seeing him to his core. And it's that whole idea that that searching that's there for us that I think is the main thing that struck me about this Sunday's gospel is that despite everything, this young man was still looking. He was still searching. He was still trying to have that encounter with the divine. And in one sense, you know, he kind of had it all. He had the, 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 the wealth. He was a rich young man as well. It's described to us. But at the same time, he was also observing the law and the prophets. He was observing what was required in right down to, you know, whatever had to be done. But still, it was coming up empty for him. And I suppose that's the, that's the question that's there for us this Sunday. In terms of the world that we live in, you know, with the, 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 everything that's going on and all the distractions that are there, the question is for us, are we truly happy? Are we truly able to say that we are happy, or is there something that's there's there's that gap which is in us? And I think you know, for most people, they would say generally yes. If you have your health, your family, you're not homeless. You know, you can put food on the table. That people would say things are fairly okay. But when we think about those bigger questions in life, when we think about what does it all mean? Why are we here? What's the point of it all? Sometimes there is that gap. There is that longing. And it's, it's a question because I was having a discussion with somebody the other day and we were, we were just making the point that many people today, particularly my own generation and younger, where your formal faith education kind of stops at primary school once you get your confirmation. And there's no, if you think about it, there's nothing else that you would do in life where you would rely on what it is that you knew as a child, you know, uh, in terms of our understanding of faith, our understanding of our, what we profess and, and, and that kind of thing. And the challenge and the whole way that it came up in conversation was that we were saying people, unlike our grandparents, now, well, maybe it might have been indoctrinated into them and, 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 and that all can be debated another time. But they had this scaffold that they had to build their resilience on, be it daily prayer, the sacraments, whatever it was, the understanding, the basic building blocks of faith. 
you know. And for many people today, those building blocks aren't necessarily there. It's a bit a la carte or it's not even, it's not even that much. And there's that whole question for us. Are we like the rich, rich, the young rich man that sometimes when we we're challenged out of the complacency of our lives in terms of how well we think we are living it, that maybe there's a gap. And that's kind of for me, I think was the question, was the question this Sunday. The other side of it, of course, was, of course, um, the challenge that Jesus puts out for us there that, you know, it would be easier to pass through the eye of a needle, uh, for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for rich men to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, it's that whole dynamic of putting something out there that's so dramatic to make it, to get the point across. That kind of hyperbole that's used to emphasize because it goes back to, well, if you're, if you're focused on gathering in the material things of this world, it leaves you very little scope for reflecting on the spiritual side of things and making space for God. Now, it's not saying that you shouldn't look after the necessities of life, but it's the balance that we need to strike between the two. Um, and that's, for me, I think, is, is what comes out from, from this Sunday's gospel, particularly, you know, as we come to the end of the COVID restrictions, hopefully, and things start to move back into um, more open ways of doing and living our lives. One of the questions I think that we have to ask ourselves is making space to ask, what have we learned in the last two years? Have we time and space to think about it individually, as a family, as a community, as a prayer community, you know, as a wider society? And ask ourselves, before everything goes back to everything the way it was before, maybe there should be time and space to say, well, can things be different? And, you know, that's one of the questions we have to ask ourselves. And looking at this Sunday's gospel, that is one of the questions that Jesus is asking that rich young man to be different, to take a different approach, to give up everything for the sake of the kingdom. And the question is, if we were in that rich young man's shoes how would we, would we go away, turn away from that invitation? Or would we be like Peter and reminding Jesus we have given up everything for the sake of the kingdom? Thanks, Shane. It's food for thought in that one. Thank you. What stayed with me when I was reading the gospel today and th- reflected and thinking about it after was, again, those, those words from the man. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Powerful words spoken by the man in today's gospel. A few, fresh, a few questions that come to my mind. How often do I ask that question of myself? How often do I ask my, that, that question of God? What thoughts come to my mind when I hear the words, eternal life? Do I want to enter the treasure of heaven, as Jesus says, for eternity? To help me with with my meditation in today's gospel, part of my reflection was going through, again, the offering by Sylvester O'Flynn. And the passage that he spoke to me from his reflection today was, it went like this. Let Jesus look at you. Why be afraid? For too long you have avoided his eyes. You felt safe in the crowd, at a distance. Safe but lacking something. Now he looks at you. He wants you, your eyes, your heart. 
You want to object. Wait until I'm worthy, Lord. Wait until I have something to give you. But you do have something to give. Something he wants. He wants your eyes. Look and let him look at you. Oh, but I'm a sinner. I can't look at him in the, in the eye without being stripped bare, embarrassed. But his eyes are full of love. Love for you, personally. His look reaches out readily to touch you. Don't be afraid of the touch. He has always been looking for you. Why have you run away? Too busy? Too rich in your ways? Or just afraid of God? Afraid of being loved? Turning away from him now will only leave you sad. So stay here. Spend time knowing that you're loved. Spend time in the warmth of his look. His eyes are often the Father's gift. Your human heart is transformed by God's gift. Feel your courage rising. Your human weakness will no longer hold you back. Immense possibilities come into view. All you have deeply yearned for, all you have lacked, even treasure in heaven, eternal life. Everything is possible to God. A few thoughts that struck myself this week, and thanks again, Shane, for sharing your thoughts with us. As we come to the end of the program, we get again thanks uh, to Rose and Michael for sharing with us from the pastoral council this week, from the pastoral centre this week in Dermic. And now we'll go with a final piece of music. A piece of music that I've chosen this morning is from Hillsong United, and this one is entitled "Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus." So next week, for myself and Shane, thanks again for for joining with us, and um, please join us again next week where we'll speak with another guest on another topic. Until then, take care. God bless now. Bye. Bye.